0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Lynette Reed about mindfulness, conflict resolution, spirituality, and healthy corporate culture. Lynette Reed, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hey, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. It's it's wonderful to have you. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule and being willing to come and uh, share your expertise and experience with us.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to visiting with you today. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. As we get started, I want to start uh, just by sharing um, Lynette's bio with the listeners Dr. Reed is a people and culture partner. Her mission is to help people and organizations feel more connected to the world around them and the relationships that are most important to them. Dr. Reed has mentored people from various organizations to include businesses, not-for-profit organizations, schools, allied health agencies, chambers of commerce, government entities and churches. She has taught courses on world religion and world cultures and continuing education courses approved by the American Planning Association for Ethics HRCI, and team building leadership training sessions approved by the Texas Education Agency for continuing education of teachers, superintendents, and school board members. Her current literary contributions include an executive summary paperback titled, Fixing the Problem, Making Changes in How You Deal with Challenges, as well as book contributions, syndicated articles, guest radio appearances, and a series of children's books with Abingdon Press. She is also a co-founder and board member of the Institute for Soul-Centered Leadership at Seton Cove. Her academic background includes a Doctor of Ministry in Spirituality, Sustainability, and Interreligious Dialogue, and a Master of Science in Communication Sciences and Disorders. Uh, what an what interesting and fascinating background that you have, uh, and again, welcome.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but uh, it's uh, something I've always enjoyed doing. So that, I, you know, if they say if you if you do what you love, you're never working a day in your life. So uh, I think that definitely works for me.
0: Awesome. And, you know, I think some of the best backgrounds are the all over the place backgrounds.
1: Um, <laughs> or
0: maybe I'm just biased because that's kind of my background as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, actually, the
1: way we met was through some of the book contributions. So, exactly,
0: uh, yeah. we've known each other now for many years, uh, and you've you've contributed chapters to a couple different books, um, book projects, and it's it's been great. And we got reconnected, and and I thought, you know, with your background, um, I I love the idea of mindfulness, um, and as it connects to your background in. Uh, how to help organizations with corporate culture, but as well with your spirituality, sustainability, interreligious dialogue. Um, you know, that's, that's a really interesting and fascinating um, cross-section, and I think it'll, it'll lend itself well to a, a really interesting uh, discussion today. So uh, before we get started, is there anything else you would like to add in terms of your own background or anything you'd like the listeners to know about you?
1: Well, you know, that's all the kind of professional stuff. On on the side, the two things that are kind of lesser known are uh, that I I do like amateur photography. So if you go to, like, my webpage or uh, my Instagram page, I I tend to lean towards uh, putting pictures on there with little... uh, Discussions and so all the pictures are mine that that, that I've done uh, when I've traveled and then uh, also I, I do write music. I've actually written some children's music for uh, some organizations, but then I've also done some adult stuff too. But <clears throat> I don't make a living at those. I just do those more for uh, hobbies. So you know that's kind of my other stuff.
0: Excellent and and I I'm I, I'm not sure I can claim to be a musician, but I enjoy music. Uh, a lot. I sing in community choirs, um, that sort of thing. And uh, and I find a lot of uh, fulfillment and joy through that. So I, I definitely understand, um, you know, the creative side and giving ourselves opportunities to tap in to those, um, that other part of our brain and, and other talents that we may have. So great.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, as we get started today, um, I thought maybe we could start with with um, your approach generally, as you go into organizations as a coach or a consultant, um, if you can just describe what your how you start that process, how you have those initial discussions, um, and describe that for the listeners a little bit and then I think we can move into um, more about conflict resolution and how that connects with your um, your Spirituality and sustainability in a religious dialogue background, uh, and then kind of go from there. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, um, a lot of times when I work with uh, individuals or organizations, uh, the first thing I really kind of do is get a feel for what's going on. You know, normally when they're calling me, it's because they're wanting to strengthen their corporate culture, or they wanting uh, there's a conflict, and so um, I have to find out a little bit of what's going on. So I'll kind of get a feel for. The, the culture and what's happening because I think you have to have a little bit of background information to kind of know where you're going to move forward. And, and then once I do that, then uh, the real thing I'm trying to do is find ways to make people more connected, more connectivity. And so that kind of plays in, although I don't really talk about this when I'm working with businesses, but since we're talking about that whole spirituality aspect, um, what I'll a lot of times do is uh, look at. Uh, how they're connected both to their all to themselves, to other people, and to the world. And so when I'm looking at that organization, I'm saying, okay if we want to become better connected, then we have to see what we're strengthening in our organization and what we're fracturing in our organization with these connections between a person individually and how they see themselves between a person and how they interact with other people. And then also how they interact with the world. So that would go into the sustainability part with, you know, how does, what, you know, what does the room feel like? How does, uh, how do they approach, uh, how people sit together, you know, what, what is the furniture, you know, those types of things are going to add to the connectivity, either strike strength, strengthening or fracturing it. So those are the kind of the things that we're first looking at to see, you know, what do we need to build? What do we need to uh, look into as far as the things that are, are fracturing the company? So That's kind of the starting point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know you you point out the importance of interconnectivity of relationships and there's so much research out there that that demonstrates the value of strong workplace relationships, uh, clear connections to uh, higher levels of employee engagement and satisfaction, lower levels of stress and anxiety, lower levels of withdrawal cognitions. you know there's basically a lot of really great outcomes when you get people together and they have stronger relationships, they collaborate more, which, leads to greater creativity and innovation and productivity. Um, and so we want re- good relationships, but we also know the research shows that the number one reason why people leave their jobs is because of workplace relationships, uh, the, the either relationship <laughs> with coworkers or with a bad boss. And so while it's, it's very clear that it's important, and I, I think organizations do put effort towards it, it's such a hugely common problem and, and a lot of people just aren't equipped with how to heal relationships, how to develop stronger relationships, and how to have balanced, uh, equitable um, workplace relationships you know, without crossing a line, but also allowing for a level of, of, uh, of sincerity and, and being genuine and, and those elements that require vulnerability. You know, there's this interesting balance that has to happen and, and that's probably why it's so difficult to get right in the workplace.
1: Yeah, well, and the other challenge, I think too, I agree with that, is that every company and every person's different. So what might work for one company isn't necessarily going to work for another company as far as things like, okay, what do you want your culture to look like? Some people may want a very different culture for their organization than others. Uh, Some people might have things that are more important to them than others. And so I think all of those factors kind of play into when you're trying to build something, you want to try to build something that's very authentic. As opposed to what you think everybody wants to hear, you know that kind of that mentality of uh, do we want to do we want to build something that's authentic to who we really want to be, or do we want to just kind of say okay yeah this is what we are but we're not going to do anything to support that? And I think that's the biggest challenge I see with organizations. And the bigger the organization gets, the harder it is because you've got more personalities and you've got more uh, structures that are in place that you have to kind of. Uh, organize around or look at. So, um, and the thing for me though is, that I love talking about the the that that whole discussion on how do you build it in because one of the statistics I've seen, I, I wish I could remember where it's from, and I'll have to look it up for you. But a long time ago, there was a statistic that was saying that um, thirty percent of the seventy percent of the population of, uh, of businesses believe that those types of things are important, like engagement, culture, and all that, and only about 30% of them actually do it. And so you've got this huge uh, diversion between people recognizing that something's important, but then trying to say, okay, how do we... integrate that in. And I think that's the thing that um, I found with the book that I wrote, Fixing the Problem, was when I was working on my dissertation years ago. Um, There are actually spiritual elements, but I don't really call them spiritual because a lot of times people think in terms of religion or um, crystals is the other big one I get, uh, which, you know, can have their value in some places. But when you're talking about a business situation, how do you integrate that connectivity of spirit, which is how do you connect to yourself, to other people in the world? And so you build stuff on that uh, in a way that's going to make it either strengthen or, or fracture. And so um, the elements that I found that I actually work with businesses are spiritual components, but they're also human potential. So whatever word you want to use to define it, it's really talking about how do we as uh, humanity find ways to either strengthen or fracture ourselves in the way that we connect. And uh, I actually found in my research three things that seem to, over the past however many years I've been doing this, to work pretty standardly for all people. And so that's kind of the things that I teach whenever I'm working with somebody is these three elements in the model and how to use them in their uh, personal lives and in their workplace and so that's kind of what I'm addressing when I'm teaching those three items.
0: Excellent and and a lot of, of great concepts that you just shared there and I want to uh, go back just for a minute um, to talk about strengthening that organizational culture and you you pointed out that there you know it doesn't, you're not creating a culture in a vacuum usually, um, unless it's a new startup what? where it's completely fresh and you're, you're starting from scratch. There is a history involved. You have personalities involved. Um, you have existing policies, practices, and procedures. You have existing mechanisms and structures, all of which um, sustain the status quo. That's that's kind of the whole point of organization is maintaining the, the, uh, the organization perpetually, um, in sustaining the status quo. And so if we want, if we recognize there's a gap, like we, we see that employee engagement is down and uh, satisfaction or productivity is down. We know it's important. We're one of those 70%. We know it's important, but nothing we seem to be doing is helping. Um, then what we have to do is, is recognize we can't just, we can't just imagine, Um, and create a vision for a new culture and just have it happen because we say so. (laughs) It it, it has to be a very intentional, um, sustained process over over a long period of time where you address all of those structures, all those mechanisms, all those those procedures, policies, practices. Everything has to be addressed if you want to move into this new culture. Otherwise, uh, the organization, regardless of the time and money you spend, if you don't sustain it, the organization will revert back to the way the structure is set up. It, it's just the way that organizations exactly. are. Uh, and so when, yeah. I see, when I see companies fail with their engagement efforts or their culture efforts, it almost always is because of that. Because they, just, they have good intentions, but, the, but it doesn't have the staying power of really going through the hard grind the hard work of just making sure you're addressing all those different components. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. In fact, that uh, two things that popped into my mind when you were talking about that is um, anytime you're learning a, a new way to do something or creating a new culture, it's kind of like anything that you're learning as a skill, it's a muscle memory thing. Um, you can say, okay, we want to be a friendly company. Well, that's easy to say, but then, okay, how does that look uh, whenever you're doing it? You know, how, do you, how do you practice making sure that everybody in your company is, is moving in that direction? And I tend to break things d- uh, down into kind of two areas. One is the, the the business part of it, which is the business plan, and you know how do you have everything process driven? What's what does that physical part of your business look like? Uh, and that could even include if you're interested in things like that. How, how's the the the, the office set up? You know what 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 are you trying to portray? If you look at pictures of like companies like Google or new startups, they might look very different than Bank of America or you know, one of those other more institutional instructions as far as what their offices look like. Um, and the other part of it though is a second layer, which I call kind of the foundational layer. And that to me is the, the part I probably work the most in is the connectivity part. If you, the two examples I like to give are, uh, if you look at a tree, uh the so the trunk and the branches and the leaves are all the business part those are the things you can see and touch and and work on day to day in your life but the thing that really holds it all together are the roots and so your people and how they behave and how they connect with each other becomes the roots of your company. And so when you're trying to build a company, you have to not only look at the process, the trunk the leaves and all that, but you also have to look at the roots and what you're doing to strengthen those. Um, the other example I give is for, for those of you that are builders out there, is um, if you look at how they build a house, when they build the foundation, they don't just pour concrete, they stick rebar in it to strengthen it. And so to me, when you're looking at how do you strengthen your company? Well, you could just slap some concrete down and and there you go, move forward. Or you can say, okay, I really want to reinforce this. So I'm going to put some some things in place there to help give it a little strength and, and, and make it so that as we move forward and do the things that are the business of the day, that we've got this underlaying uh, layer of behaviors and attitudes that keep us strong together and unite us in the way that we do our business. So those yeah, are kind that, of, the, kind of it, yeah.
0: That's absolutely right. And, and uh, you just uh, unearthed, some hidden memories in a previous life i did construction um, and i worked i worked in foundations and so i spent many many hours in hot summer days uh, putting uh cutting and bending rebar and putting it (laughs) into concrete and all of that uh hauling forms around yeah i i think absolutely um we need that reinforcement uh if we want a healthy sustainable organization um, and there's, no, there's just no shortcuts, there's no easy way around right. it. It has right. to be deliberate, it has to be intentional. Um, let's, let's shift a little bit and talk about mindfulness uh, for a few minutes. Um, how do you define mindfulness, and how does that connect back to um, what organizational leaders need to do to help their organizations and their people thrive?
1: Yeah, well, mindfulness, to me, that's a tricky word because it it really, to me, can mean so much to, so, to different people. You know, everybody has a different way that they connect with themselves. So I would say that mindfulness is a little bit of that time that you spend figuring out who you are as a person and who your core elements are so that you can take that out into the world, whether it be with other people or how you're going to treat the environment, you know, any of those elements. And so when you're looking at mindfulness, you're looking at an intentional way to say, okay, this is who I am as a person, and this is how I'm going to take this out. And you can have certain things that help you practice that mindfulness, like, you know, the taking breaths, doing yoga. Some people tell me golf is a really good way for them to kind of get into that mindfulness. Um, anything that that gives you that opportunity to just kind of connect and say, hey, I'm going to take a break. In fact, um, with people who have very high stress jobs where they're just, you know, going 90 to nothing, what a lot of times I'll say as a for want of, you know, for the word of mindfulness is just take, you know, a minute you know, do something different, something you enjoy doing that's just going to take you away from all the stresses for just, you know, uh, 60 seconds, set a timer, and just take a break. And that works for some people. Some people need to have a longer period of time where they might journal. Uh, Some people may find that um, doing exercise, you know, going for a run is a a good time for them. So I think the big challenge is uh, finding something that works for yourself personally. But yeah. then if you're a company who's trying to, to bring mindfulness in, um, then you have to kind of say, okay, I've got all these different people with all these different ways. So there's not gonna be a one size fits all. So it might be you say, okay, let's give everybody a, a 10 minute break during the day where we do, everybody does whatever, works for them for mindfulness, or, you know, you just have to kind of play around and find what works for your organization. Um, The other thing I think about, can I,
0: can I jump in for just a second? Yeah. Yeah, So I think being deliberate about having those conversations with your employees is important, not because you're trying to be prescriptive and say, this is how you will do mindfulness, but having the discussion and the conversation about why it's important, um, helping people think creatively about different ways they can explore their own uh, mechanisms for mindfulness um, two big ones that you didn't mention that a lot of people usually think of first is like meditation and prayer yeah um, exactly. and, and that works for pe- some people um, uh, people who don't you know aren't religious or aren't don't feel that spiritual connection in that way you know maybe those things don't work but hiking or taking the dogs for a walk or you know physical other physical exercise um, you know s- some work like I, I worked in South Korea um, for a time and uh they would have ping pong tables all over the place and so uh, i worked for lg yeah, electronics yeah, that's yeah people pe- they love they love um table tennis in korea and and people would take 15 minute ping pong breaks and it essentially was the same thing right they, they also had they had it was kind of cool in in uh so this was like the lg electronics campus which kind of the equivalent in the us it might be like a google campus or something um right, right, right. and and they had like on-site meditation rooms. They had on they had like an on-site Buddhist temple that you could go to. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so anyways. Uh, work,
1: work to audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the the point is, like you said, there's not a one size fits all. There's lots of different ways that it can manifest for people. Um, but it's all about quieting your mind, taking a step back, having a chance to reconnect to self and to others and to, to focus. And, and, and helping employees recognize and understand why that's important. And then showing the example from top leadership down that this is, this is a a priority. Like we really want you to do this. That means that the CEO, C-suite managers, they have to do it too, because if they're not, if they, if they say it's important, but then they don't do it and the lower level employees don't see them doing it, then they won't do it either because they'll be nervous. So, you know, that just. Opening up that opportunity to have that discussion is, is really valuable.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I know uh, there, there some companies I work with they actually have prayer groups because they are a more uh, prayer centric or Christian centric uh, business. But then there's other. Uh, companies I work with where foosball is the big thing they have a big foosball uh, game right in the middle and whenever you just need a break from work you go uh, you know play foosball or pool or something like that so uh, I've heard I've heard of a lot of really good different ones there's some that uh do a happy hour at four. So at four o'clock they have the the bars open. So, <laughs> and, and it works, you know, for that company. So I think that's the, the thing is, is kind of being open to there are different options. And, and you actually said something there that, that fits right into one of the biggest things that I'm looking at is, um, you're talking about words and actions matching. Uh, that's actually part of the model that I was talking about is one of the things that i found is that any company, any person, Uh, Pretty much if you're talking about authenticity and building trust that people whose words and actions match and they have a very set core of what their uh, behavior is. So like if their core word is friendly or helpful or whatever they've chosen and their actions match that and then their actions match what they commit to do, that that's a person who's going to be considered authentic. Um, And then if you're uh, and you're going to build a lot of trust with that. Um, if you think about people you 've known, you know the ones who don't uh, respond, you know they say yeah i 'm going to do this, but then they don't or they say yeah i 'm a friendly person," but then they yell at people, you know those people tend not to be as the people you trust or find authentic, and that can be the same with companies too so you're you know when I'm teaching people that 's one of actually the things that i that I work with them on is making sure that they have a very firm definition of what behavior they want and making sure that their words and actions match it. So, uh, so, so that I think is a very, very critical part of any uh, uh, mindful organization because if you're also talking about mindfulness, you're talking about how you intentionally are planning to connect with people. Yeah. And if you don't connect authentically with people, then you're not really considering mindfully how that's going to fracture or strengthen that, that thread of connection.
0: Yeah, so. that, that's right. Um, we have a few more minutes as we wrap up the discussion today. Uh, maybe you can take a little bit more time to describe your approach to, to mindfulness and spirituality um, in a religious dialogue, how that connects with conflict, conflict resolution within organizations. Well,
1: for me, I have to kind of flip it a little bit because the way that I look at it is when we're talking about spirituality in in my picture, when I was doing my research on spirituality, um, what I found was it basically means breath. Spirit is breath. And so my way of looking at it is basically with every breath you take, you get to choose what you're gonna do and who you're gonna be as a person. And if you think about the number of breaths you take in a day, that's quite a few. <laughs> so so you're, you're having to say, okay, if I'm gonna have each of these breaths, I get to decide what I'm gonna do with it. It's gonna be my choices on religion, my choices on how I treat people, my choices on how I'm going to build my company, all of these things. And the more intentionally you do that, and the more that you do it with um, the intention of words and actions matching, having your keywords, and that can be for a company or yourself, are you going to be friendly, helpful, um, and even grumpy, I have found, you know, I tell people if they give me, you know, negative words like violent or cruel, then, you know, as long as their words and actions matching, at least they're authentic, and you know how to deal with them. But you would hope for a company to build and be stronger or a person to build and be stronger, it would have to be words that are strengthening, friendly, helpful, caring, kind, those types of things. And so if you're building the company to strengthen it, it's going to be words like that or a person, that's going to be words like that, and make sure those words and actions match, and then don't judge other people as good or bad or wrong or right, you just let them be different, and that's the model that you use that has to talk about mindfulness, spirituality, corporate culture, engagement, all of those things fit in there, even diversity, you know, we have this Big issue right now with diversity. Well, imagine if you, all you're really focused on is whether you're a friendly or helpful or kind person who is making their words and actions match and not judging other people as good or bad or wrong or right. What does that business look like as opposed to one where we're thinking, okay, we gotta you know, be thinking about all these other things and how we feel about people and how we judge them. You know, We don't really have to put our energy into those things if we're kind to everybody. That pretty much changes the way you do your whole business. You know, or if you're friendly to people, then you can build whatever you want on top of that, as far as religion, business plan, all of those things.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, awesome. Well, I love your take, and, and I think when we when we focus ourselves um, and our intentions on these connections and how we relate to other people. That, that forces us to to listen more, that forces us to have deeper um, connection through empathy and compassion. And th- those elements naturally help to either resolve conflict or to prevent um, unhealthy conflict in the first place.
1: Exactly, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I really like that. Yeah. Well, Lynette, it has been awesome talking to you today. Uh, Unfortunately, time is drawing to a close. Um, I hope that we can have an opportunity to have further discussion in the future. Uh, but before we finish uh, today, would you mind taking just a few minutes and, and letting the listeners know how they can connect with you and learn more about what you do in your business?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, uh, the best way to connect with me is my website. It's uh, www.expectations2reality.com, and that's the number two. Uh, it's uh, expectations with an S. Number2reality.com. And then also a, a, a way is LinkedIn. If you go to my LinkedIn page, there's actually uh, different ways you can de- connect with me via there. And it'll actually take you to my website if you go to my LinkedIn page. So that's that's another way you can get there.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again for, for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today about mindfulness, spirituality, conflict resolution, positive corporate culture and all these related topics. Uh, I hope you are healthy and safe, and I hope you have a good rest of your week.
1: Yeah, thanks, I've enjoyed visiting with you, and hopefully we'll get to see each other again soon, and you know, we're, I live in Texas, I'm close to Austin, and so everything here is you know, pretty much going like everywhere else, I think. Uh, we're kind of uh, 50% right now, so everybody's uh, out and about, but uh, I think a lot of people are still taking precautions and also, um, hopefully everything's good there in Utah also.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
1: Yeah, you too. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.